I'd like to thank you for inviting me on the show. It's such an honor to be here, and I'd just like to say that when I'm not playing Xbox with my mate Thor, I really like to listen to my favorite podcast, Pop Culture Pasta. Hey Dave, I'm thinking about doing another revolution. Do you want to join up? I might need some help with organizing the pamphlets, though. Pop Culture Pasta. So, guys, I was um, I was reading some news, some entertainment news, some pop culture news if you would. And I was reading about Nick Cannon. Are you aware who Nick Cannon is? Uh, who doesn't know who Nick Cannon is? Well, I mean, I, I know him, but I'm, I don't know him. Know him. I know he's a guy. He, he was in that movie drumline. That's, that's about the extent of my Nick Cannon knowledge. Wild now. Uh, he was on a, uh, America's got talent for a while. Wasn't he? No, no, that was Terry. Uh, what, what show was he on? Nick was on one of, the I he might have been America's Got Talent. Was he there for a little while? Because my kids like that show, so occasionally I would watch that. But anyways, I'm reading about Nick, old Nick. Um, and I read something interesting about him that I just wasn't aware of. He's expecting his ninth child. Um, third with model Brittany Bell. A month after this announcement comes, a month after he had another child. With a different lady? And I just didn't know, like, is is Nick Cannon a polygamist? What's what's going on here? What's happening? I guess that shows how little I pay <laughs> you attention. You guys don't know um, either, right? So after Mariah Carey and him got a divorce, I think he has tried to find his person with a few other people. Okay. So, but the the bottom line is you don't really know. Like, well, I mean, I'm not like sending him text messages daily. No, I'm just find it weird that like I'm re I'm literally reading an article on CNN that says all this, but doesn't really address that. Like this dude has, um, three kids within a, a couple years with three different people. And I just didn't know what was happening. I, it's you just don't see things like this that much circle of life. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't, you're not like what's going on. I'm not judging. I'm just curious. <laughs> no, like, what's like, going on. This is who Nick Cannon is like the sequel to big love out there. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'm, you guys, you guys do, do not know any more than me. Um, I knew he was married to Mariah Carey. This is true. This is true. And I confirmed that he was on America's Got Talent. Oh, okay. Well, good. Good for Nick Cannon. I guess Nick Cannon's leading the charmed life, I guess. I don't know. Um, I thought about talking about Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, but now I'm not going to because we're all team Sudeikis here, right? Presumably, unless there is like a bombshell that's dropped and then I'll be like, ew, gross. She did this interview with, I think, Vanity Fair because she's got this movie coming out and she's just dropping bombs. And I'm just like, I was getting angry reading it. And I was like, no, nah, I better not talk about this. <laughs> so I'm just bringing it up to tell you we're not going to talk about Olivia Wilde. Possibly slandering Jason Sudeikis. Um. I will say, I think my favorite Olivia Wilde role is House. Mm, yeah. Well, that was a great show. It was. And she was good in that. 13. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great show. I loved House. Did you watch House? Uh, I did not. No. No, you didn't. Jackson, I forgot your name there for a second. I do that, though. If you listen to the pod, I do that. It's not a personal thing. Yeah. It is no a very personal taken. thing. This is <laughs> this is the Pop Culture Pastor podcast. Uh, that The guest voice you heard is Jackson Chauncey, who's... Uh, this is the second time on the show. Uh, this friend of the show, friend of the show. He's a he well, is. You are a geek of the round table, official. Uh, yeah, so he's here to help us talk about Disney animated movies later. All the Disney, mm-hmm. and he's a fan. B- before previously, he was here to help us talk about WCW ra- wrestling in the late nineties, of which he's also an expert. Cross the whole gamut of yeah. <laughs> topics. That's one does. I wanted to talk about something else I saw. I thought about saving this for the radio show, Cody, but no. This one's got to go straight to the pod. Okay. Um, so people were watching uh, a, a baseball game at Yankee Stadium, unassumingly, mm-hmm. just enjoying the game. And um, out of nowhere, a man ha- who, who he's got his beer. Cause he's an adult. He can enjoy adult beverage. Right. And he's got a hot dog. And on this viral now viral video, he takes the hot dog and he jams his straw into the hot dog. And you're like, what's happening here? And he takes, after he's got the straw in the hot dog, he removes the straw, sucks out the straw, like whatever hot dog juice and gunk was in there, which would have been bad enough. But then he takes the now hollowed out straw hole hot dog and he puts it in his beer. <laughs> he starts drinking his beer through a, a self-made hot dog straw. I'm not here for that lifestyle. <laughs> You're just not here for it. Not you have any all. other thoughts. Like, is this the end times or <laughs> like what, what With, I have so many questions. <laughs> so one of us, at this round table is a Yankees fan. Oh. Um, and that's not me. Um, and I just presume all Yankees fans do this. Well, I hate to disappoint you, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently the TBS baseball crew tried it and the now viral video, uh, the, the, they have their own name. If you do this with a hot dog, they're called glizzy straws. No, nope. thank you. no, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to pass on the glizzy straw. I would do it with Twizzlers and, um, Sprite at the pool as a child. <laughs> so it wasn't a completely foreign concept, but never looked at a hot dog and thought, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I just don't even like, okay. When did the first idea come? I mean, his dad had to have done it, right? That has to be like a family generational thing or something. Cause nobody just sits there and thinks, you know what? I bet if I hollowed out a hole in this hot dog, that the beer would taste even better if I sucked it up through a hot dog. So I honestly think that this dude is a plant by major league baseball to drive up <laughs> ratings in viralness, if you will, because how does a camera crew who is covering a game has like 30 other thousand fans to cover capture this one guy with his hot well, dog? I'm assuming straw. it wasn't the first time he did it. Well, I'm just, he looked very matter of fact. It was very serious. 
I he, he again, could have been the president of the United States sitting there. I mean, it looked official. I assume Major League Baseball again. <laughs> ratings are down. Boom. I thought you were gonna say that he was just trolling people. No, no. But I at mean, the end of the day, it's effective. We're talking about Major League Baseball. For once. Yeah. Maybe the last time. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you who's like leading divisions in Major League Baseball. I can tell you who's at the bottom of the AL Central. That well. I mean technically no. Are the Royals the Royals aren't in last? No. How'd I that happen? Believe it's the Tigers. Oh wow. Not by a not the market. worst. We're sorry, Detroit. That stinks, <laughs> man. <laughs> there was generally speaking, even in some of the really bad years, there was always a team worse than the Royals. It was always like, yeah, yay, we're not the worst. No, well, Michigan's just turned this off, so <laughs> uh, that was the target audience yeah, yeah, this week. Detroit's <laughs> like it's football. Oh. <laughs> Dog on it. <laughs> it's hockey. When's hockey start? That's what they're about in Detroit, right? Um, it starts around the time basketball starts. We got another month or so. Okay. All right. Well, this is the Pop Culture Pastor Podcast. Uh, myself, I'm Dave. Cody's here, and our guest Jackson, Geek of the Roundtable, is here to talk about stuff of his expertise with Disney animated movies. As always, we would love it if you, um, like right now, pause the podcast if you haven't already and scroll down, uh, to on our, uh, host page, wherever you're listening to us, give us a rating, uh, give us a nice five-star rating, write a review. If, if your format or wherever you're at able to do that, I know, I don't think Spotify allows you to do that, but I know you can on Apple, you can write us a little review. Tell us what you like about the show. And um, be sure you share us. Uh, if you follow us on social media, share the podcast. Say, hey, this is the podcast I really like to listen to. As uh, we don't want to be a secret. We want to be uh, uh, shared among all other people so we can continue to grow and uh, go to comic conventions and, and say hi's to the peoples. It's how we roll. Yeah, it is. It's what we do. All right. Cody, before we get into the main subject of Disney animated movies, our favorites of all time. We need to talk to Sam. Sam, because I am. Because Sam knows things that we do not. So, Cody, the geek phone. To the geek phone. We have uh, reached Sam on the geek phone. Sam, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fine today. Uh, in case you don't know, I'm getting a novel published, by the oh, way. Oh, wow. No, I yes. didn't know that. That's amazing. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, what's what's the novel about, Sam? Go ahead and well, plug that. Well, it thing. is an. What'd you say? Go ahead and plug it. Well, it's an alternate reality story, an alternate timeline, if you will, about where humans and animals are the same level of intelligence, and oh. the result of their intelligence is not the result of some spell or some experiment that went awry or our absence, but a natural process that occurred over like hundreds of thousands of years in, in time, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until about the heat, the, the height, if you will, of the industrial age that they finally reached our level of intelligence. And it's sort of a what now sort of world, many years following that. What kind of world would that have made, so mm -hmm. to speak? So it's like a, a plane of the apes, but all animals. Yes, but all animals. You see, when I watched the reboot of the show, it was 
it was a, it, it, it kind it usually whenever some us and other species try to make some sort of cohabitual society, it always falls flat or falls apart. I really wanted to see what kind of society that would have made, mm-hmm. what kind of society, what kind of world, what kind of government system would that have initiated, so to speak. And so it expanded from that into this novel. Interesting. But that's, that's the great thing about sci-fi. Um, in sci-fi, you can play around with so many, um, really tell, you're really telling a human story through the fantastical, through, you know, science fiction, whatever. Um, and that's, that's kind of the fun of that. Like even Planet of the Apes is, uh, you know, it's a story about humanity and how we relate to each other and you know, what we do to each other. Yes. That's great i can't wait to uh i can't wait to to see the finished product you got any yeah. idea of when when that'll happen probably by about next year probably there awesome. we're already working on the cover art and we're already editing the final touches to the manuscript okay what's what's the name of it anthromalia oh <laughs> that's a mouthful <laughs> anthromalia okay yes. dude i don't want to you know I don't want to get y'all excited, um, you know, too excited, but that sounds pretty Avatar-esque. I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, but unlike Avatar, it's not like these are all bad guys. These are all good guys. There's right, no yeah. black and white to this. <laughs> There's no, no nuance in Avatar, is there? <laughs> yes, it's more It's more just because you're human doesn't mean you're bad, and just because you're an animal doesn't mean you're good either. It's more... <sighs> There's Sam, more realism to that. Sam, I love you. You're you're awesome. <laughs> we talk about that so much here on the pod about um, stories that go a little too hard into the all good, all bad type tropes. But that's great. I'm excited for you, Sam. I can't wait to read that. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about Disney movies. Are you oh, a big fan? Oh, of course I'm a big fan. I mean, who isn't these days? I mean, it's it's Disney, so to speak. Right, we all it's kind Disney. of Disney. I mean, what? Yeah, we all kind of grew up on the Disney cartoon mo- movies, and I'm a bit older, so I could remember like watching the old, old ones uh, when I was real little. And then, of course, when they came out with Beauty and the Beast, and they had that run of kind of newer ones that came out, Aladdin, Lion King, um, that kind of revitalized the whole thing. Uh, where are you at with them? Where, well, well, I'm at with them. You see, I was born in 1991 at about the start of what they call the Disney Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Now, the Disney Renaissance was a period between 1989 and 1999 when Disney released a slew of very successful, very, very successful animated films after they were in what was kind of a slump during the 70s and 80s. Mm. See, it, 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 you see, the thing was, is that When the Black Cauldron came out in 1985, they were basically at their lowest, lowest point, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And the film, their film was beaten by the Care Bears movie back then. Okay. (laughs) So they realized, so then came this guy named Don Bluth, who branched out of Disney and made his own work with films such as Secret of Nymph. An American Tale, and Land Before Time, and All Dogs Go to Heaven. These films were sort of a wake-up call for Disney, saying that, oh man, we got to really up our game. We got to really up our game in this. And 
it what and so they said okay we got to make better films we got to make them happy we got to make them like they did back in the old days and this began with the little mermaid now when the little mermaid came out it was a huge box office success and revitalized disney back into the spotlight with such hits as as you said beauty and the beast and aladdin and the lion king which is my personal favorite and of course with pocahontas all the way up to tarzan in 1999 and this revitalized disney back into its a second golden age so to speak yeah yeah um i remember um what particularly seemed to launch the first of all i remember all the bluth cartoons in the 80s those were amazing secret of nim uh, american tale was huge Oh, that was a huge movie when it came out. All dogs go to heaven, of course. Um, but yeah, the w- what I remember most about the Disney Renaissance more than anything was the music. It seemed like Little Mermaid, oh. Beauty and the Beast. They just the songs were killer. Yes, those those songs had bops to them. They really did, and they have become they have become staples in our pop cult. They have become staples in our pop culture. You would have to be living under a rock to not know any of those songs Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Yeah. And to the point where, um, even like when, so by the time they get to Lion King, they've got Elton John working on them with, Oh yes. Uh, Tarzan was Phil Collins. I believe. Was that Phil Collins in Tarzan? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, it was Phil Collins. Indeed. Now I, speaking of, of films, I remember my first, very first theatrical, movie theater experience was when I saw The Lion King when I was three years old. And I remember in being immersed in that theater, that, that, that experience of the sound and image and feeling and depth and animation and beauty of it all. It was something I had never felt before in my life. And for a while, I thought, when I thought of movie theaters, I thought of The Lion King for a little while because that was my first real theatrical experience yeah and and what a great what a great one to be in theaters like even from the opening um sequence the music uh and and of course they do a very good job of culturally getting uh the music um from the cultural backgrounds they're trying to hit there so you've got like this african um uh style in the music and of course it spawns the the broadway show which even goes a, a little bit farther in that direction but the drums so like being in that movie theater with the sound system because i can remember when lion king came out too and hearing the drums of of those songs circle of life and 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 just the kind of the heavy uh because that was a that like it was a big opening number in that cartoon yes in that movie it's one of those it's one of those very rare films from beginning to end that is just beauty in its own, in, in its purest form, basically. It's also one of those films I'll probably never get tired of watching. For mm-hmm. No matter how many times I watch it, I will never in a million years get tired of watching it. Yeah, yeah. And that one, I would say that that one kind of stands alone in that renaissance. All those movies that came out in that renaissance, it seems to have um a different uh, like all the other ones maybe seem a little formulaic not in a bad way but uh you know they're the disney kind of story whereas lion king obviously has that story but the music the way that it all fits in 
Um, man, I just Lion King. I think you're right. I, if you're if some people around your age, Sam, Lion King holds like this huge space in their pop culture consciousness. Yes, for the most part, that is absolutely true. You know, speaking of Disney films, there actually are several films that are that are very popular and well beloved today that were sadly not a success when they first came out. They were not a success when they came out. An example of this was Dumbo back in 1940. The film was just very unsuccessful, and and even the animators voiced their displeasure with the end result of the film, saying that it was too rushed or it didn't have the gumption that they could have used in their other works. Also, Bambi was, was a box office flop when it was released in World War II, because it did not meet the mindset of people at that time. Wow. Wow. And also, and also another interesting fact is that the novel of which, of which Bambi is based on was banned in Nazi Germany because the author of it, Felix Sultan wrote it as a parallel about the persecution of Jewish people. No way. Persecution of Jewish people. Yeah, of early persecution of Jewish people back then. So the novel was banned in Nazi Germany. And of course, Disney films by then were banned by the 40s were already banned in Nazi Germany at that time. But also even the film itself, because it was based on a novel that is an allegory about the persecution of Jewish people. Oh, man. Okay. I've got to watch that again. I don't think, (laughs) obviously, I didn't get that when I was a kid watching Bambi, but I had no idea. That's amazing. Yes, because because when you look at the deer in the film, it can kind of serve as a a parallel about how us Jewish people were very timid about my people. my, My Jewish people were afraid of that time to even walk outside in the open because when we when 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 we Jewish people were walk in Europe, were walking outside in the open field, like which in the, you know, in the field, Bambi, the field could represent the streets of a city where they were most vulnerable, where they were most vulnerable from a certain attack of some sort. Mm. So it can serve in many ways as a parallel to that thing. And speaking of which, when you really look at Disney films, they tend to emphasize, even romanticize on our natural world so to speak, if you notice that. I mean, princesses always have animal friends. The hunter is usually a villain. Mm-hmm. And there's this, and there's these beautiful images of forests and oceans and the savannah and mountains. Yeah. yeah. And it makes me wonder if Walt Disney himself was some sort of environmentalist of some kind, in a way. That'd be an interesting question. Uh, as yeah, usual... As usual, Sam, you you have gone far deeper than <laughs> than I have ever thought about this before. But that's why we love talking to you. Well, thank you. All right. Was is there anything else you'd well, like to to tell us about Disney before we go? Well, it is interesting. Have you noticed how in Disney films there's always this? Well, on a on a tragic note, you know how always the there's always this this scene where the parent is absent or killed off. In that, films. that does seem to be a running theme. Yeah. You mentioned Bambi, yes. Lion King, uh, Beauty and the Beast, the uncle that, I mean, you don't <laughs> even know where her parents are. She lives with her yeah, uncle. It's, it's almost like a, it's almost like a requirement for yeah. them. It's like, it's like, it's like, here's a morbid joke. 
Happy Parents Day from Disney, and yeah. it shows a cemetery. <laughs> right, and it shows a cemetery. Wow! But yeah, anyway, I never, I never thought of it. Yeah, yeah. But the truth is, the origins behind this is actually very sad because, see, following the success of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Walt and his brother bought their parents a house in in California after making their earnings. One night, there was sadly a carbon monoxide leak that took the life of their mother. He, Walt, blamed himself for her death and never got over that guilt. And given his control of the studio, the frequent killing off of parents in, in, in the films were a way of expressing this guilt that he took to his grave, sort of in a way. Wow. Wow. Yes. And in a way, this sort of shows a more human side to him in a way. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it does. That's, I had no idea about that either. Sam. Yes. It's always wonderful to talk to you. And, uh, well, always wonderful to talk to you. We've, we've, we've probably reached our minute on limits on the geek phone, but, uh, <laughs> man, uh, one of these days we need to get you down, uh, in the same room as us and we can just do a whole pod where we can talk about some of this deeper stuff. That would be wonderful. That would be very wonderful. Yeah. Sam, great stuff as usual. Man, this is a lot to, that you gave us a lot to think about. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, thank you. You're right. welcome. We'll see you next time. See you then. You're listening to the Pop Culture Pastor Podcast. There's a difference. Uh, All right. Welcome back. We talked to Sam. He dropped some knowledge on us. Some Disney movies, truth bombs, yeah, if man. you will. Sam, Sam knows things, um, and that's why we have him on because he he knows lots more than we do. I I, sh- I should have asked him about the hot dog guy or Nick Cannon for that matter. He probably had all the information on Nick Cannon. He could have provided some insight on either of those two things. Sam's kind of like an oracle. <laughs> we just go to him. He tells us something wise, and then. We go our merry way. Yeah. Okay. We're here to talk about our favorite. Is it, are we saying it our favorite? Cause saying it's the best Disney animated movies of features of all time, um, might lead someone to believe that we're experts, but this is just our favorites, right? Personal preference. Personal um, preference. I will name it and claim it that my list is the top five of all time. So, okay. Well then I'm going to say it too. <laughs> just cause I feel weird if I don't and you do. I guess it's, I'll lean into controversy <laughs> as well. And now, okay. So do we all have five? Is that, yeah, I mean, literally I could go 10 easily, but five is probably the ideal number. Let's first go around and tell me one movie you had to leave off that you're, you are, you're broken up about Jackson. You want to go first? Well, it was actually a series of movies. I realized that were Don Bluth movies. They weren't Disney movies. Oh. So Rockadoodle, Fievel, Fievel Goes West, all those movies. I always Land called Before every- Time. Yeah. I called everything Disney movies as a mm. kid. It was just, it was all Disney movies. And then when I started to make my list, I realized how many things weren't Disney movies. Mm. No Kung Fu Panda, no... Uh, what? Well, and Sam talked a little Dreamworks. bit about this on the Geek Phone about how uh, Don Bluth actually starts off at Disney, mm-hmm. and then when Disney's down and out, kind of in the eighties, 
seventies and eighties, Don goes his own way. And Disney kind of looks at what he does with an American tale, the five old movies, secret of Nim, all dogs go to heaven, all dogs go to heaven. Yeah. And then one, they, and two. that's kind of how they make their comeback is they kind of, View that as a roadmap. We recognized all dogs go to heaven. One <laughs> never happened. So ouch. So is there a Disney movie that you're broken up? Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, up until recently, I had Princess and the Frog in the top five, and <laughs> rookie mistake. <laughs> it didn't hold up to a re- jugular it didn't here hold already. Up to the rewatch, still a quality film, top ten easy, but didn't hold up like I remembered. Mm, yeah. We're three minutes in here and Cody is like just throwing rocks. But he's yet to reveal anything from his list. So Okay, so the one that I feel bad about leaving off has the rock. That's right, Moana. Musically, holy cow. Mm. Those songs get stuck in your head and the grandma's really cool. Unlike Encanto, where the grandma uh, not the as worst. cool. <laughs> I'm going to disappoint everybody. My youngest, well, yeah, youngest movie is 2002. So yeah, yeah. a lot of your younger listeners are probably going to be very disappointed with me. No. Or they might popular. learn something. We are <laughs> popular with the youths. <laughs> I think, um, no, most of my movies are older. Um, and, and, but like, I recognize that Moana is very good. Oh, and yeah. even Encanto is a charming movie. Overrated. I'm sorry. Oh, what, really? oh okay. <laughs> I thought the music was Burn good. Notice. <laughs> Not Sit a fan. Sit down, Encanto. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> I don't know how, but uh, if this was taking place on Twitter, Jackson just became racist. That's, just all, that's <laughs> all I know is what happened. Happens to the best of us. Just, just letting you know how it goes on Twitter. Um, anyways, yeah. So... Moana was your, your selection. You feel bad about not putting in your top five. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is going to be beauty and the beast. I love beauty and the beast. Uh, but the five I picked really have like a special place in my heart for s- some particular reason. I recognize that beauty and the beast would be in most people's top fives. I think, um, I will say it's in my wife's top three. Yeah. And, um, it's a tale as old as time. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, but but when I when I came up with my five, I really the five I picked were really have like a portion of my heart for some reason. And um, I, I used a I similar grading scale. I didn't want to put anything that was going to be on everybody's list. Mm-hmm. You know, spoiler alert: Lion King not on my list. Aladdin oh, wow. not on my list. Oh my goodness! You know because. Okay, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Wanted to go a little non-conventional, but as you mentioned, it was what it means to me, not mm. is it going to stand up award season. Um, mine will do both. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this list is just... <laughs> Jackson, you start us off. What's number five on your All list? All right. My number five pick is... DuckTales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. I mean, you really went under the yeah. radar. <laughs> a film that I wasn't aware was a Disney movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I was about 20 deep when I first made my list and cursed Cody for making me choose. But um, it's quality film, uh, you know, stayed with me from childhood on. Always been a DuckTales guy. I mean, who uh, couldn't? How, who, how could you not if you're a certain age? It's pretty intense for a kid's movie. That was back in the age where they were a little more edgy than they are now, you know. 
with Murloc and Dijon. Uh, <laughs> what about Launchpad? Launchpad McQuack. I still remember the song. First one of the first Funko Pops I ever had, Launchpad quality what? character. What? You have a Launchpad Funko? Of course. Who how much, doesn't? How much? I don't. How much is that thing worth? <laughs> I gotta Five check the hairs. <laughs> How old is it? Oh, it's several years old. Um, could be when worth, I fir- could first be got hundreds. into it. Could be worth hundreds. Millions. Millions. No, probably Start not the millions. bidding now. Uh, <laughs> but no, quality film uh, still holds up reasonably well. It would be something that I would show my children you know, it's not something I'm embarrassed about, like some, you know, mm-hmm. hey, watch this. And it's like, oh, gosh, I can't believe it. But yeah, it was 1990. Serious so. question. Uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, who's their legal guardian? Who, who's in charge of those boys? See, that's... Is a, it Donald? That's a question I've never been able to answer because in DuckTales, <laughs> it's... Uncle Scrooge, but yeah, right. Then every other cartoon, it's Donald. They seem to be getting passed around to an um, array of non-qualified parental units. One talks about their parents. Did they die in a plane crash? Please say they didn't die in a plane crash. The new Ducktale series, uh, but I've That's had to rewatch. Cody. That's all you, <laughs> David Tennant, Scrooge McDuck. That's a quality show. And then you got uh, Abed from Community. He's one of the nephews. Oh man! So okay. th- there's a quality cast there. Watch it. All right, Ducktales is a hidden treasure. I would Jackson. It didn't make my list. In fact, it didn't even come under consideration. I'm not even sure I've seen that movie. But I was a big fan of Cody. This, wasn't of the aware of series. it. I had to inform him. I was aware of it. I had forgotten about it. Cody, Cody so. was like offended. I am offended. <laughs> I will say I slightly cheated and so that I went through the A to Z on Disney Plus to make sure I didn't leave anything out. So yeah. small caveat there, but all right. Cody? Okay. What's your number five? So I'm going to ask like if this is on someone else's list, I won't go into great detail. I don't need to know what number, but my number five is the 1973 classic. Robin Hood. No. Go for it. No, it's not oh, on my sweet list. niblets. Not on my list. <laughs> uh, this is such a great movie. I, listen, it was under consideration. It, I, I agree. Sweet niblets. Charming. Robin Hood's charming. Um, They're all animals. It's great. It is. And so the, the singing rooster mm-hmm. is Roger Miller. Udalali. Yes. <laughs> And he sings like real songs, such as like King of the Road and those sorts of songs. That's on my iPod too. And so, yeah, like, um, what character does he play in the, in the cartoon? I forget. I, the, the rooster, rooster? is he the narrator? Like what Robin hood character? Oh, he's a narrator. Okay. He's not like, you know, little John. No, That's, that's blue, right? Yep. That is blue. Um, so yeah, you got blue as little John and, uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) um and then you have prince john um which he's always sucking his thumb and that like just stands out (laughs) my mind my mind and if i ever go to england i want to yell out long live king richard (laughs) and again this movie's quotable it's fun um yeah and who doesn't like a good robin hood story 
Side note, I recently watched with my kids uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, starring Kevin Costner. Yes. And they also, at the end, long live King Richard. (laughs) That is the only thing I would ever say in England, like proclaim, I guess. So cameoing in the, in that movie, uh, uh, Sean Connery famously Sean Connery playing King Richard. Yeah. His accent's all kind of wrong, but it's okay. (laughs) Amazingly enough, Kevin, we didn't care. Kevin Costner's Robin hood. Not quite historically accurate. What? (laughs) Um, I like to think this was historically accurate. They're doing archery competitions. Um, he dresses up as a bird. He I like to think Fox. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Have a lightning round. Uh, just gut feeling. Tell me yes or no. As soon as I ask a question, Robin hood, real guy. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're on the same page. I knew I liked you guys. <laughs> and then there's the snake, sir. Hiss. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the sheriff, right? No, no. He's the sheriff of Nottingham. Um, it's is like the tiger, right? No, no, oh, it's no. A wolf. It it is. It's uh, he's literally just known as the sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, okay. He's a big wolf. That voice has been in other movies, but I'm not pulling it. I have not seen that movie since I was a kid. No lies. And Sir Hiss was Ka from Jungle Book, right? Maybe. I love that we double up characters yeah. from the Jungle Book. I okay, so I will tell you who the Sheriff of Nottingham is later on in my list. Oh, okay. Cool. Because he's in one of my other movies. Teaser. All right. Uh, my number five, uh, and it's also the newest movie on my list, is Frozen. Um, Ew! Ew! I, I was told that was the one movie that wouldn't, wouldn't be, be on, on your list. list. Why? Because you told me Frozen won't be on my list. I know, but then I thought about how much my girls love it. Dave's turn and heel. I, I had to listen. I had to go with my heart, and my heart is is that I've seen Frozen about a half a billion times. Okay. Um, the music doesn't suck. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed when Pearl Jam sang Let It Go. <laughs> that was cool. I mean, it's iconic. When the music's iconic, um, as far as Disney goes, it's sort of them recapturing or getting as close to the like nineties Renaissance as they had in a while. Um, and, and as far as popularity, you know, like I know they had the princess and the frog and we can look at some of those and say they were good movies, but they weren't like celebrated like this one was. Um, so for me, the music's amazing. Uh, Adina Menzel is just incredible. Well, uh, John Travolta says Adele Dazine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, John did not say that name, so I don't know who you're talking about. I do, I do like what he called her better. Adele Dazine's amazing in this movie, um, but I also liked her. So, uh, uh, for my wife and I's like first anniversary, I took her to Chicago to see Wicked. Like back when they had like the old cast or whatever. And so, yeah, it was just enjoyed uh, Adina Menzel's voice again. So, in this where movie. does the sequel fall into that? How big a drop off are we talking? Frozen 2? Yeah. I can't make it all the way through it. It's that big of a drop off. All right. My kids um, liked watching that one too, but they'll tell you that it wasn't as good as the first one. Um, Olaf, Josh Gad, it's hilarious. I do enjoy things with Josh Gad. 
And all the characters just worked for me. I mean, even like these weird little side characters, like I still like quoting the big summer blowout guy, big summer blowout. You know, (laughs) I don't like, I'm just into it. I I thought it was funny and charming. And um, I picked it because my daughters really loved it. Because we finish each other's sandwiches. (laughs) Well, I finished their sandwiches for sure. Uh, That's my role in the house is I eat whatever my kids don't. Uh, Jackson, number four. Number four. Again, going to the 90s. uh, Rescuers down under. Man, I love that you're off the radar. You're like off the. Okay, that's a good movie I had not taken into consideration. It's got one of the best villains of all time. The best villain of all time comes in later in my list. That's my teaser. But, uh, <laughs> Joanna, the Liz, I guess you could call her lizard. Uh, I, and uh, just quality character still makes me laugh to this day. It's a movie that um, I, I don't, wouldn't say I quote, but I use Joanna gifts all the time. Um, don't even really remember the first rescuers. Uh, so it was the first one I started with and it's, you know, in the Australian outback, you've got gators again, it's an edgy Disney movie. You know, there's some real peril in mind and again, just quality film, not something you're going to see on a lot of lists, not something I can find merchandise of anywhere. Well, what's, let me, let me ask you, what's your experience with these movies? Because you seem to have seen all these kind of ones that maybe some people haven't seen. Like, were these the only movies your parents let you watch growing up? I have to ask that because. I would say I was an indoor kid growing up. Um, you know, if anything, Disney, I was always trying to watch, okay. um, yeah. you know, now did you have the VHS? Yeah. At one point I did. For okay. Sure. Oh. Cause like literally Dude, I can happened. remember having a whole entertainment center yeah. full of VHS tapes. And that was all Disney movies. So Disney did something really smart with their movies where uh, when VHS became a thing, they would only put them out every once in a while and you had to buy them. You couldn't like, you know, before it goes back in the vault. Yeah. yeah. There and was so, that yeah. ploy. They always use. I think everybody did. My mom loved all the Disney cartoons. And so we, same thing. We had like a whole shelf of just all the Disney in the big white, uh, cases like plastic cases well, yeah. for a while there it seemed like they were the only major animator uh, out there now you've got I mean I guess Pixar is under the Disney umbrella but you know you have Pixar DreamWorks all those things now but no it it was I don't know how I came upon it but it's one that definitely stuck with me and uh it's jumped around the list a lot this week. So yeah. thank you again, Cody, for that. <laughs> I love You're that we're welcome. Just, I love that we're just reliving our childhood here. And we're just getting to talk through all this. Cody, what's your, what's your number four? Okay, I'm going with my newest movie on the list. Oh, all right. Um, so not a childhood movie, but it's the one that will make me tear up the easiest. Oh, boy. And, oh, it's so rough. Like, just 10 minutes into the movie. Okay, that spoils it. <sighs> it's up. Yep. Isn't that a Pixar movie? Disney Pixar. It's in the title. When so. when did that is, is is Pixar always been Disney though? Not always. No. I think. Yeah, I, we need to we need a judge's ruling here. Um, by two thousand nine, it's clearly a Disney Pixar. I think Toy Story. Yeah, the one, Toy Stories weren't 
like Maybe one and two, I don't think are, but then it's Disney like gets everything after Marvel, Star Wars. Okay. Those things. Disney owns them all. I got to be honest. I wasn't even considering Pixar movies in my list. Well, then like Disney really hasn't done a quote unquote animated movie outside of like anything Lin-Manuel has done recently. But wait, just, wait, wait, Moana? Wait, wait. You just said Moana. Lin-Manuel did all those movies. Okay, but they're still animated movies. I'm saying outside Lin-Manuel, they have not done a solo cartoon movie. Okay. So Disney Pixar is who's doing all Disney's cartoon movies. Bigger question. What's your problem with Lin-Manuel? Nothing, really. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Up is in my 10. I'll give you that. Throw hands. I I mean, yeah, if I knew Pixar movies were counting, Um, that might have snuck in. We're going to pause while Dave redoes his list. (laughs) Well, actually, no, I'm not going to put up in my top, my top five, because when I think about up, I think the first 10 minutes of that movie are maybe the best 10 minutes of an animated film I think I've ever seen in my life. Like they, they managed to do what no big Hollywood budget romance movie romantic movie does make me get into it make me feel the love and feel the loss all in 10 minutes and and like yeah like like you said the first time i saw it, i cried like a baby in 10 minutes into the movie but then the rest of the movie while i found it enjoyable Squirrel. had some slow parts oh yeah, no right if you take out doug then i'm done i'm like this the movie probably wouldn't have held my interest all that well well you evidently hate russell and edward asner (laughs) (laughs) so that's on you that's on you um christopher Plummer is in this john ratzenberger's in this cliff i don't know why you're hating on such a quality cast i'm I'm not hating on it it means there was movie it just wouldn't make my hate You're, you're part of the the player haters ball at this point. Did Cody I, take some smelling salts outside the <laughs> studio or something? He's awfully revved up for this. I will agree with Dave after the first 10 minutes. Uh, and then you've got Doug and Alpha. I don't remember anything else about that movie. Oh, no. You, you know what? Guys I, I need I, to go back and rewatch. I, I cried harder, not at the scene where his wife dies, but where he hits the guy with his cane. And you can see in his eyes where he realizes what he's done and that he didn't mean to do that. That and and that like at the hole where he goes to the nursing home thing like yeah that was rough um, that made me even more sad. So I think I started tearing up when they had the miscarriage because that's what happens. Yeah, and then she dies, and it's like, why, <laughs> why, why are, are you, you doing, doing this? this? <laughs> and then you get well. Now he has to go to the nursing home, and yeah, no that. <sighs> It's a emotional roller coaster that first ten minutes of up it, and throughout the movie you get these highs and lows, especially with his interaction with Russell, and then you get the cute scenes with Doug. Doug's the best. I hid under the house because I love you. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, no quality movie, quality cast. That's my newest one on this list all of right. all time greats. Very good. All right. I love that you, this is going well because by picking ones that mean something to us, we have a lot to say about them. Uh, my number four is going to be the little mermaid. Um, the my little, wife thanks you. My wife. Yeah. Fiance does as well. That was her number one. Yeah. Um, 
I, 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 this is the one I really like went back and forth with beauty and the beast, but in the end, little mermaid, like was the, what won it over for me is Alan Menken is a freaking genius. And the music for the little mermaid, like in particular, the two big songs, kiss the girl and, um, under the sea. Poor unfortunate souls. Yeah, yeah, they're, exactly. They're all good, but those two songs, like the, the music's amazing. I can remember him performing at the Oscars. Like Alan Menken performed these songs uh, with the singers, with like the talent. He like played the piano or something. And it was just, I remember being just mesmerized by it. Like, this is amazing. And that guy is a musical genius. Apparently he'd done a lot on Broadway before. Uh, going to Disney and doing this. Um, but I, I just, that's what I thought about this. I remembered seeing him at the Oscars. Those two songs are just fantastic. Um, I might've put it higher, but some of the story tropes don't hold up too well. <laughs> um, Which um, another podcast with uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, who's one of our favorites. Uh, he goes over pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> some of the story doesn't really make sense or the kind of things you actually would want to hold up. But, um, I loved it anyways. And I listened to that soundtrack quite a bit and it's just good. It was funny. It was funny. Flounder. Yeah. Um, Flounder and it's got a good bad guy or gal Ursula. as it were. Yeah. So I did a little bit of research while you're talking. Okay. Disney bought Pixar in 2006. Okay. For seven point four billion with a B dollars. So what did Pixar made prior to that? That would be the Toy Story one and two. Okay. A lot of people think Toy Story three was the best one though, if I'm not mistaken. Um, right? Toy yeah, Story yeah. three will also bring some slight waterworks. Yeah. Okay. I still maintain it should have ended at the furnace. That's an unpopular opinion, but yeah. <laughs> that would have led to all the waterworks. So do we, do we want to reverse now? Do we want to go back the opposite way here? Like no. I can start three at number three. Okay. Snaking back. Go for it. Yeah. Like a, like a draft. Uh, my number three is the jungle book. It oh, was my, that's favorite. a classic as my favorite as a kid. The music's awesome. In fact, I think the music's actually timeless. Um, I do. I have trouble disconnecting it from Robin hood because of the repeating character. Yeah. Characters? I so I did have a seminary course that kind of ruined one of the songs for me. Oh no. Please say it wasn't the good one. The the really good one. I, I can't remember. I don't have them right in front of me. Um but, if uh, I could be like you. Yeah. That one is ruined. Were they were they a fan of the big bad voodoo daddies or something? They who famously redid that? <laughs> nope. Um, some racial tropes. Oh no, come on. I'm just letting you know. I mean, that movie was made in what? Sixties. Presumably. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Don't, <laughs> don't take my innocence. He's away coming from me. for all your darlings. Um, blue. <laughs> I believe blue is one of the best characters in any Disney cartoon ever. Um, I mean, I'm glad that, they keep Baloo in like Tailspin. Yeah. Cause it's basically the jungle book without people. And, um, 
Yeah. Yeah, Mowgli was boring anyways. Yeah. (laughs) I'm here for blue. So yeah. Big fan. Big fan of the jungle book. I really don't have a lot of things to say about that one because it was the one I enjoyed when I was youngest. So again, showing my uh, lack of recent Disney movie, the live action any good? The live action jungle book? Yeah. Uh my kids watched it. It's weird. If you're a fan of the cartoon, it's weird to watch the live action one. I thought the same thing though with the Aladdin one too. Um, I thought the same thing with Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. At, Other from, than Beauty and the Beast, I'm completely blind on the live actions. Yeah, the when the Beauty and the Beast was weird too. I for me, the whole that that whole craze of what Disney's doing with trying to do this in live action is just weird. It was really weird for me. The Aladdin with Will Smith. I'm just uh, Little I, Mermaid is being live action yeah yeah okay yeah and there's like um, i mean if you want to call it controversy some people are all riled up because they're um you know cast they cast a uh different uh a a minority person in the role of our ariel who would like like the story's origin comes from denmark Mm -hmm. you know which you think of denmark you think of a (laughs) pretty northern european type of person but I'm, those things don't really bother me. So I know some people are riled up about that. I'm clutching really my care. pearls. I know this is an audio <laughs> medium, but I want everybody to know that I've got both hands on them right now. <laughs> I, I do often, you know, since we, we landed on that subject, I do often, I, while it doesn't bother me outright, it's not like it's keeping me up nights. I will say Disney does this thing where they think they're doing representation, but it's more like tokenism. And so what I will tell say for that, for like specifically the casting of little mermaid is like, well then why not? Like you did the story, like the princess and the frog, for instance, mm-hmm. um, you can do a different story. Why do you got to take, um, you know, a minority actress or actor and mm-hmm. this goes for anything. Like they wanted to do it with James Bond and like, it doesn't make sense. The little mermaid literally is from the region of the Scandinavia. Um, like it doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense with bond when people were like, Oh, put Idris Elba in his bond. It's like, he's literally a, a relic of imperialism, colonialism. Like, like Cody and do I, I had think a conversation about Idris that. would be phenomenal. At He'd it. be amazing. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's not the question. That's not the question. Like, he can be agent double one. I want him to be the first. Yeah. spy but there's something to be said about using a proven property as well though i mean new ip does not hang on like it you know a proven mm-hmm. product well, and that's i i understand that but you know when the story's good enough it's proven that it can work i think you know just don't don't be lazy i guess that's i don't guess that's do it I'm for saying. the sake of doing it right, i 100 right. see where you're coming from like but. to me when you do it lazily you're not really interested in representation you're interested in tokenism and trying to make a buck you're just mm-hmm. trying to you know get people to be satisfied with you when you're really not doing anything you're really not making any inroads i mean i don't know that's not what this said episodes about but no it's if, not if we're talking about little mermaid it has to come up because they are doing this live action they have cast a minority girl in the role of ariel like i said doesn't really i don't really care all that much but i probably it's not gonna i'm not gonna rush out and see it either my kids Who did probably they cast for to. ursula that's a good question i don't know i was not that intrigued by a live action little mermaid so yeah well because it's not I, on my radar i listened to that pod by malcolm gladwell and now i'm really like it's lucky it's still in my top five. You had number three. Number four. Uh, what? 
I was thinking. I had, I had Little Mermaid at number four. Jungle Book was my number three. Oh, oh okay. yeah. We have circled back around. Yeah, yeah we now. went yeah. back to Little Mermaid from Jungle Book. And <laughs> What's yeah. your number three, Cody? Okay, so I'm not going to go into great detail about my number three because I know it's on some people's list higher up. Okay. Um, but it was just a great movie from my childhood that I did watch quite frequently, and that will be a goofy movie. Okay, well, that's going to be on someone else's that's list. That's going to be on someone else's list, and I will okay. let that person go into as much okay. detail. We can delay that discussion. As they want to. And Number so, three for Cody is a goofy movie, it, and I'm just going to have to go with it because I've never seen it. You What? Uh, what, is, what is happening? Listen, I'm older than you guys. When did Goofy Movie come out? We'll get there. We'll get there. 1995. I was going to say clearly mid-90s. it's on Jackson's list. That's the year after I graduated high school. It wasn't prime time Disney watching <laughs> years. For me. Uh, well, you missed out. Okay, uh, Jackson. What's your number three? Really? That's all you had? He, where he's going to delay? Saving. He's going to delay. He's saving it because he knows it's on your list. Mine is Emperor's New Groove. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that has some great voice acting in it. That was probably was, David Spade's best movie. I don't really know how big of a <laughs> congratulations that is, but whoa! Have uh, you not seen Joe Dirt? David or, Spade slander? Where did that come or from? Or Tommy Boy? Tommy Boy, man! As soon as I said it, I was like, "But what am I really drawing from when I make that?" Uh, and grown ups too. <laughs> in his. Tommy Boy really a David Spade movie or is yes, it a Chris Farley movie? It's a Chris and David Spade movie. Um, They're a comedy duo. Again, I will say Joe Dierte. It's why Beverly Hills Ninja was terrible. Because it just had Chris Farley and no, no David Spade. So David is the grease <laughs> behind the wheels here. No, they equally complemented each other. Like but, Laurel and Hardy, man. With Emperor's New Groove, I think that was a movie that brought me back to Disney. I had taken some time off. You know, I was at that weird age where anything kitty wasn't cool anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm a man. I watch grown-up movies. You're and, a preteen at this point, Jackson. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say it was legitimate. I just said that's what my brain was telling me. We're a grown-up. How old were you exactly? 2000. It's the year it came out. Yeah, 2000. How old were you? We always do math during this podcast. Uh, <laughs> 12. I demand to know. 11 or 12. Okay. I'm thinking that was summer, so... I mean, I at that age, 11. at that age, I was walking around listening to Beauty and the Beast, like, on rotation on my Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> I just, out, my iPod, I, just, I, I just figured out. I just I just figured out that that made me sound uncool. So no, 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 I, no. I, Yeah, you're probably right. If you saw my iPod, <laughs> I can't judge anybody for their musical taste. I did know all the words to all the songs, but it, it brought me back. Uh, Kronk is wonderful. I was going to say Patrick Warburton is. That's the phenomenal. reason I know Patrick Warburton is Kronk. Uh, oftentimes, I'll sing my own theme song in my head and sneak around and randomly quote things, drive my fiance crazy. Uh, <laughs> You know, that movie is seriously underrated. Very, very much so. And it was, um, you know, not to get too in the weeds, but it was supposed to be a completely different movie in its original iteration. And, um, you know, definitely not something I would have been talking about. I find a lot of Disney movies happened like that. When I was doing some study in this, like it seemed like there was a, quite a few movies. Lion King was one where 
Um, so they're making Lion King and what, what was the other one? Uh, there was another movie they were making concurrently and they put all their best animators on the other movie and they put a bunch of young, you know, like rookies on Lion King and then Lion King really turned into the, like what it was under this new creative output. And then of course, you know, becomes amazing, but. And it first new groove introduced me to Tom Jones. So thank you for that. That is true. (laughs) Okay, um, number two, uh, I have, and I was just talking about it, The Lion King. Um, is anyone going to put, is, it, is that on anyone else's list? I think it's it higher needed to be on a on list, okay. but not I will, mine. I will put off talking about my number two then until we get to Cody, where it is on his list. What's your number two, Cody? Okay, let me pull up my info, but this is the movie where we get the Sheriff of Nottingham again. Oh, so whoa, really? Yes. Okay. Um, but or the guy that voice acts, the the sheriff, Nottingham. Oh, okay. He plays Chief in the Chief. Fox in the Hound. Oh, oh wow. Cody, you were raising all these old ones. Oh yeah, no, this is a classic. Yeah, um, yeah. And dare I say, the actors, yes, plural actors that played Copper. Or American icons. Um, Corey Feldman, a.k.a. (laughs) (laughs) Mouth, plays um, younger Copper. And then. Sign that one, but I will the second. The second is Wyatt Russell's dad. Greatest cinematic actor of our time, Kurt Russell. I don't understand why we had the Corey Feldman slander. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say this is my favorite Corey Feldman role. Ninja Turtles? What? Yes. No. Yes. Come on. You just... He's in Goonies. Cody yeah, chose I don't, violence. I don't what about like the verbs? I don't like his character. What about License to Drive? It, that's weak sauce. Get out of here with that nonsense. He's a hound dog, oh. and then he howls. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need? <laughs> exactly. Oh, this movie's great. Um, yeah, you got Kurt Russell. You got Mickey Rooney. Um, you got Pat uh, Buttram. Or Bootram, whatever you want to call him. His mother's very happy that you mentioned him. I'm not going to lie. I'm just sitting here like, don't laugh at his name. Don't laugh at his name. <laughs> Too late, but ram. <laughs> I'm a child. Um, yeah, he played Chief, or he also played the Sheriff of Nottingham. And so, no, there's so many important life lessons in The Fox and the Hound. And heartbreaking moments within the Fox and the Hound and joyful moments earlier in the movie. For those of us that haven't seen this movie since like we were four, can you uh, go over the, just a very simple, like five line plot? Oh my goodness. (laughs) No. Um, so like, do you want me to read off the plot? Just put it in your words. This is an IMDb. Okay. So basically there is an older lady who is out in the countryside and an older guy and the older guy, he goes fox hounding or fox hunting. And he uh, has an old dog named chief and he has (laughs) a young dog 
named Copper, and Copper is a mere puppy. This is the longest synopsis (laughs) ever. You should not have asked me to do a synopsis. I'm captivated right now. Dude, tell me more. (laughs) Basically, Copper and Todd become friends when they're mere pups, and Todd is a fox. And that they're told you guys can't be friends. And there's a singing owl, and she is a hoot. You're not going to talk I, about I'm the woods. So sorry, I asked at this point. <laughs> Cody's going to like when they bring back American masterpiece, <laughs> masterpiece theater. It's Cody's going to be the host. It's when he's old. He's going to sit in front of the fire with a blanket. And he's like, "Welcome to masterpiece theater." Join me with a fox. So much information there, like that we didn't need. I asked for like a five line summary. You needed it, evidently, or you should have said, you know, it's a tale that doesn't even need to be retold because it's so great. A tale as old as time, some may say. Exactly. That that was one of those movies where I'm sure I've I know I've watched it, but I can't remember a thing about it. Um, Basically. Copper and Chief hunt down Todd, but Todd gets to escape. Spoilers, Todd. That's a movie that uh, if my mom were listening, which I don't believe she is, she would be betrayed that I didn't put on my list because that's uh, one we shared when Todd gets left out in the woods. Mm. Child like me uh, had an emotional awakening, I guess you could say. Uh, Just bawled harder than Mm. anything. Let's talk about your mom for a second. Why isn't she listening to my podcast? Um, I'm here for you, Mama Chauncey. Tell her, tell her we really hit our stride at episode 42. Yeah, she's not so good with the technology. Uh. It's her, his words, Mama, Mama Chauncey, not ours. See, this will go viral. It'll get to her. There's a new listener, and All it right. won't just be because her darling boy's on it. <laughs> All right. what's uh, Jackson, what's your number two? My number two is... Actually, my oldest movie, well, youngest movie, I don't know how numbers work, Lilo and Stitch, Mm, 2002. This was a movie that if we had done this several days ago, wouldn't have been on my list at all. Gave it a rewatch just to check it out and was very, very surprised. It's the one that bumped Princess and the Frog. Uh, A lot more heartfelt than I remembered. I knew... I enjoyed Stitch. Uh, Stitch is a character that, you know, I I wouldn't say I collect, but he's one that sticks out, you know, mm-hmm. pay attention to type thing. But it, it's got, as Cody said with some of his movies, a lot of good themes and, you know, family and, you know, bringing people together. And surfing. Yes, of course. Uh, but it, it's just one of those movies that, it gets you. You're not prepared for it. You know, you think it's just a alien causing mischief. And then there's heartfelt moments that you're not quite prepared for. Uh, definitely moved adult me still at this point. Yeah. Uh, Very nice. Yeah. I, I'm, I've got a confession to me. I've never seen it. Do you watch Disney movies, Dave? Yeah, that, that was my next question. 1998 to 2002 is, is a Dave uh, pop culture black hole. Dave is only concerned in those times uh, with basketball, working out, and, um, well, you know. Chick, working out. Chicks. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
Dave in 98 to 2002 uh, was not probably the nicest dude. Uh, not the man, certainly not the person that's sitting here right now. Not the and one I'd he wasn't, find in Lilo and Stitch. I fell out of love with pop culture. I was like always at the gym. I was working out, getting buff. And then it took me a while to figure out that that was a waste of time. It wasn't a waste of time. It's good to be healthy. Uh, but yeah, so there's like really in those years, all I watched were Smallville and WCW wrestling. That's it. Well, no, not even then. 98 to whenever WCW ended. Then I just watched Smallville. Mm-hmm. That's it. Only show you really need to watch, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, we have too much time with Smallville, not enough with Lilo and Stitch. I'm currently uh, re-watching Smallville because the, uh, the two main characters of Smallville started a re-watch pod. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling, who played Lex and Clark. Uh, they're going through the whole series and doing a pod for every episode. So I'm currently re-watching it with them. It's loads of fun. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you do when your career takes off. All right. Are we, are we ready for number ones? We are ready for number ones. All right. Let's get into this discussion. Um, my number one, Aladdin. Uh, Aladdin for me is the funniest Disney movie. And it, the music is just, again, like it seemed like they were on this run in the 90s. With the uh, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Lion King, Aladdin, where the music was just amazing. Every single movie had amazing music. And this, the music, I think A Whole New World might be my favorite Disney song. I think it just might be my favorite. And I don't know, it probably just hits me in the right spot, the right time in my life, and the right, like, uh, like just kind of the right culture. In my, you know, I don't know. It's just great. And then, of course, Robin Williams is just brilliant in this movie. It was the first time. Cause I was old by the, I was older by the time Aladdin came out. Mm-hmm. I was an older kid. Um, but this was the first cartoon I remember like genuinely laughing at, like really, really laughing at. And, uh, as an older person and Robin Williams was the reason, man, Robin Williams is if if you have Disney plus watch this and turn on the subtitles so you can see everything Robin Williams is alluding to and then understand that like a lot of this is just off the cuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, just, it makes me, I I feel happy thinking about this movie and sad all at the same time because I start thinking about Robin Williams and just his genius and brilliance and how much he made this movie. Cause I'm, I'm afraid that like without him, this movie wouldn't have been nearly as popular. Are you saying Steve from full house is not carrying this movie? No, no. I'm yeah. That's what I'm exactly what I'm saying. And that Homer from the Simpsons wasn't a quality replacement for return of Jafar. Oh, man. <laughs> then, there's, then there's that whole thing where Disney does like some pretty shady stuff with all that. And then they bring, they, they bring him back for like or one King of the, of Thieves. yeah. For one of the sequels. They tried to make all that right, but boy, um, talk about taking the one thing that made that movie. Um, was just Steve made it from what Full it was. House in the second one, Cody? He said the one thing from that movie. So, or is he the? Was he in the first one? Yeah. Who was he? Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares who Aladdin was. <laughs> it was all about Robin Williams. Uh, Gilbert. Godfried. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll give I will give Gilbert Godfried his props because Iago is amazing. Yeah. 
or is it Thiago? Is it Iago or Thiago? I always went with Iago. I am pretty sure it's E. E. All right. E. Okay. Cody, what was your number one? Well, I went with the best Disney movie of all time. So no, that's the one I just said. Wrong. <laughs> um, although the one you said would have been in my top five, but we had talked before and I was like, well, if someone else is mentioning it. I won't go into great detail. So I was able to put something else in its place. Um, the Lion King. Mm. Um, yeah. So it hits like in my formative years. And, oh, again, I will say phenomenal cast. I don't know if you can find a better voice than James Earl Jones. Nope. I mean, try to. And they got Jeremy Irons. I was going to say. To be the bad guy. You go right next door, and it's Jeremy Irons, who has maybe the second coolest voice on the planet, and literally might have the a, I'm going to say, has the best villain song, Be Prepared. Yes. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It's on my iPod. I don't know if I'd go there, but I don't uh, hate the opinion either. I'm going there. I'll name it and claim it. Um, and like the imagery, especially mm. now that like looking at it through adult eyes, it does harken back to like nazi germany yeah the shadows the hyena shadows mm-hmm. yeah yeah really cool um you also have mr bean playing zazu <laughs> and uh matthew broderick is simba and jonathan taylor thomas is simba oh yeah the disney uh the, yeah the the boy crush he was in a lot of disney things back then oh yeah and then uh, Rafiki all the girls loved him. is like one of the greatest Disney characters of all time. I'll say it. Correction. I do know your father. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, we're quoting it now. I will also point out that there is a great life lesson for those of you that um, struggle with things in the past. Mm. And that is when Rafiki hits Simba in the head. And Simba's like, What's that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> and Simba's like, yeah, but it still hurts. And he's like, oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Yeah, that doesn't check out. It does. I could punch you in the face right now. I'm pretty <laughs> I mean, sure. Please don't. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you got Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. She's in it. Um, I haven't even amazing. mentioned timon and pumbaa yet oh my goodness yes i'd never even heard of uh the brilliance of nathan lane until this movie yeah and then this movie comes out and i'm like who's that guy and cheech is in it yeah yes that is correct so that's really all you need to know besides it's just the best animated movie of all time the best would you add anything to to his uh, lion king selection it was one of those I knew would be covered, so I didn't feel compelled to put it on my list. Mm-hmm. And with the criteria of what it means to me, it wouldn't be on my list. But uh, definitely a quality film, something I've seen several times. Uh, you might the, be a fascist. I had the Rafiki <laughs> doll growing up. The laughed at the butt because I was a child, <laughs> similar to Dave. Um, you know, qual- quality choice though. It stood the test of time. 
Is it yeah. is it the best soundtrack top to bottom? Of a oh, Disney film? it is so good. It's amazing. Elton John famously uh, helped with the writing of a lot of the music. I will say one that I'm because I know Jack's not going to say this one, but one that we left off that has great music is Tarzan. Phil Collins. Phil Collins goes yeah. beast. Okay, here's the problem: the music's great, the movie's not. I, you're right. The music's great. Oh yeah, Phil Collins. I re- I can still remember the song uh, that got radio play, and that's a great song. The door you heard slam shut was my fiance walking out of the room in disgust. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> we got a Tarzan a little, fan. Little harsh. I just yeah. That's that was Phil Collins did great on that. Um, also, Hunchback and Notre Dame soundtrack was pretty good. They had All for One. You remember the band, the boy band? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, what was the song? Oh man. If I sat here long enough, I could think Hellfire. of the song. Hellfire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they took some chances. Surprisingly dark for a Disney yeah. song. That movie's pretty intense. I didn't see it till about six, seven months ago. What? Yeah. yeah. Wow. What? What? <laughs> so Dave is allowed dark spots on Disney movies, but I'm not. That was in your childhood. How what are you, you doing? There were a couple of those that fell by the wayside. All right. All right, it's okay. So you can bring me back on for the cinematic blind spots episode. <laughs> um, Lion King had this like Shakespearean kind of plot. Oh which yeah. I think gives it an edge. Like the family drama of it all was just, um, and you even get kind of some replays of that Shakespearean, uh, ness with scar. Cause he has a skull at one point. That's the mm-hmm. Hamlet thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, they they definitely lay it on pretty thick. But um, and uh, I would say also for not having Robin Williams, this movie's Lion King's really funny. Oh, it's hilarious! hilarious. Timon Once and Pumbaa. Timon hilarious. and Pumbaa are on the screen. It is pure gold. Yeah. I'm not gonna quote the Mister Pig line, so I don't blow out these microphones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where are we at here? Jackson's Jackson's the last one last one number one movie for Jackson all right no pressure no pressure so the reason Cody didn't talk about a goofy movie was because it's number one on my list for this okay you guys are gonna have to explain this to me oh because I've never seen goofy movie it would make you cry would it I'm gonna go a step further and Cody knows this it's actually number one on my list period of all time movies wait a minute what are we what are you saying? It's the best movie of all time. Greatest number cinematic one of all time? achievement of all time. Wow. Did we just, did we just go viral? I've never, <laughs> I've never wavered on that. Um, you know, I, I knew this list was going to be two through five as soon as Cody mentioned it. Uh, <laughs> yep. I knew it as well because I know where he stands okay. on that. I need to know. What, what makes this movie so good? Well, it... Cody had mentioned it of the formative years and it just hits you at the right time. And, um, you know, I'm a product of divorce. So it was something that I saw with my dad on the weekends I'd spend with him. We saw it in Tulsa. I can actually remember when I watched it. Um, you know, and Max, who is the greatest Disney villain of all time, uh, (laughs) is terrible to goofy the entire time, but gets what he wants in the end. So it really teaches no lesson. 
Wait, uh, Max is his son, right? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. He's the villain? Uh, yes. If you watch this movie, you will come away Oh wow. that but way. I would say it's the best soundtrack of all time. Uh, oh, it does slap. <laughs> with Eye to Eye being the best Disney song of all time. That's on my iPod. I can sing it, but I don't want to lose you listeners. Uh, <laughs> I sing all the time. You know, You're it, probably safe. <laughs> I watched it a couple days ago and I was like, I, I want to go in fresh. I want to know that I'm not just hyping this up and it's not, you know, a bit or anything like that. Move me to tears. The end song. Uh, thankfully my fiance was asleep, so <laughs> I, I could cry in silence, but you're still engaged. Yes. Yeah. Still. Good. That's uh, awesome. But it, it's just, it's a perfect movie. You know, it's a father and a son, you know, it's that, clash of styles you know it's that he's right at that age where you get that odd feeling of like your parents know nothing they're lame you know they you don't understand them they don't understand you that a lot of those things are you know examined and again obviously max gets what he wants in the end so there's maybe not the message but there is that bonding that understanding of each other and you know, obviously, I, I don't know if it's ever discussed what happens to Max's mom. I know it's been alluded to, but, uh, you know, as a child of divorce, that really hit me because it's like, okay, this is my dad. He's this wonderful person in my life. And I think so highly of him. And then I see Max just distancing himself at every turn. And even at that right young age, I was like, you have a dad, you know. You got to value him and, you know, he wants to go fishing with you. One of these days, he's not going to be around. You're a horrible person. You know, mm. there will be a million Roxanne's in the world and there will be never. I think she showed back up in a house of mouse episode, but never made the sequel, which uh, we just won't talk about the sequel. Yeah, we, but, <laughs> um, um, so with that point about how Max treats his dad, I think that is my hang up with moving past episode one of um, uh, Miss Marvel. Because she okay. treats. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> wow. Because she took a wild turn. No, well, because everyone that we ever talk about this with on the show is like, Cody, how dare you not watch past episode one? She treats her family horribly. She's a teenager, man. Uh, well, that is why it gets better. That's why Max is one <laughs> of the biggest villains in Disney history. And okay. then he uh, takes the second movie and does the exact same thing all over again. He doesn't learn. He's an irredeemable character. Yeah. Well, I need to watch this movie. Um, I'm, I'm also Polly Shores in it. Wow. The Leaning Tower of Chisa. I also. <laughs> <laughs> you even sounded like him there. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was also a child of divorce. And so, um, I imagine if I see this movie, it would, it would touch something, some heartstrings as well for me. Um, I, cause I can identify with that living with my mom, going to see my dad every other weekend. Yeah. Every other weekend. Um, yeah, there was there, you get to this point where we, he couldn't really do anything right. It mm -hmm. wasn't fair. Right. Uh, my mom did everything was do everything right. And he couldn't really do anything right in my eyes. Um, and so perhaps I was probably unfair to him and, um, and this, I bet this, uh, cartoon movie would, so you would were provoke a max. some, some heart. Yeah. I was probably um, a max. 
so what's the what's the big line between Max and Goofy Jackson? Yeah, tell me the line. The oh, one that oh, he's going to start crying given the line. <laughs> Cody's trying. Okay, wait, wait, wait. To Shh, this is important. Make me emotional. This is his Oscar moment. And then, of course, he's putting me on the spot too. Um, he basically Max wants his own life, and then Goofy responds back with, "I know. I just want to be a part of it." And just destroys you. Oh, you did not right deliver that. You, you, you're explaining it to us. We need you to deliver the line. You're Cody. You're Max, <laughs> and and Jackson. You're Goofy. That's too much action. Yeah. Too I, much. Now, come on. I don't. I demand it be played out in front of me. I don't want to disrespect voice out actor <laughs> Bill Farmer by doing a bad Goofy impression. <laughs> you know the actor. And, um. Yes. Although Jason Marsden. I would disrespect. He deserves disrespect step by step. Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. And again, it's a audio medium, but I'm wearing a Lester's Possum Posse t-shirt, which <laughs> will eventually mean something to Dave, but yeah. Cody. You guys, you guys have some strong opinions about this. Um, I will say Tevin Campbell. Kevin Campbell yes. does a great job as Powerline. Okay. Now I'm definitely watching this movie. Tevin Campbell, round and round. Tevin Campbell. That's eye to eye. That's stand out. I was going to say, (laughs) I know him from a Goofy movie soundtrack. He's Powerline, and apparently you know other things. Oh, he came out with a song when he was 15 years old that was big. Prince wrote it for him. It's called Round and Round. Check it out on Spotify. You'll love it. Um, So we've gone to Comic-Cons, and each Comic-Con we've gone to, I've seen someone dressed as Powerline. Wow. At least one person, if not multiple. So, And I think that's a special thing about this movie is it's penetrated that Disney globe. You see Goofy movie, whether it's Powerline, you know, people referencing it outside of that Disney sphere where you don't see a lot of Mufasa cosplay or Sebastian no. or... I, I promise soon that we will have a bonus section of a future pod so I can give my thoughts on Goofy movie. I'm going to watch it. Um, I will say the pizza in that movie, I think made me fall in love with pizza. That's weird. I'm still seeking out the, uh, <laughs> under the sea hotel they stayed in. Yeah. I've got a honeymoon coming up. That's, <laughs> that's number one on the list. I don't care where I have to go, fly car, any of it. I'm hoping there's still a hotel like that. I mean, it, it, it's it's that snapshot of, you know, you don't see these theme hotels anymore. You know, everything's a Best Western or whatever. You know, it's a wonderful under-the-sea hotel. You've got Pete in there. Um, oh, Pete. In, Mickey the Mouse. <laughs> and that, when Cody told me we, we couldn't put shorts on here, that got rid of Mickey's Christmas Carol where... Pete oh, yeah. used to terrify me. Oh yeah. In that. Um but wow. Which by the way, for the third appearance in our podcast, uh the sheriff of Nottingham is in a goofy movie. What character? Possum Park and then it cuts off. Is he Lester, your favorite possum? I believe so. Wow. It all comes full circle. All right. That's uh, I think we've I think we've done what we set out to do. Your fiance is still here, so apparently, she you haven't embarrassed yourself fully with that under the sea hotel thing. 
<laughs> well, and you didn't drive her away with the Tarzan slander, so <laughs> she must like me or something. All right. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on, Jackson, and sharing your uh, love of Disney movies. That's definitely a unique view. Like you, There were movies on your list that I wasn't expecting. No one was expecting. But that's good. That's good, because there's probably many people out there who love the goofy movie now um, I'm, I'm i really i'm not lying when i say this i feel compelled to watch it again it's a top three disney movie of all time at least okay i'll be the judge of that possibly even a top <laughs> one of all things period <laughs> wow it's like citizen kane you know shawshank redemption goofy movie apparently all right. The, or goofy movie, <laughs> Citizen Kane. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening to the pod. God willing, we'll, we'll see you next week. Indeed.